We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. It is May tenth. The draft is over. We are well into twenty twenty-three. The Aaron Rodgers trade is over. Anything you could think of as far as big-time off-season stuff, for the most part, schedule releases this week, so that'll be fun mini camps, training camp, and you know what? Only a matter of time before real snaps are being taken and football is being played once again. I am your host of tonight's show. I am Jacob Westendorf and joined for the final time in 2023 by the great Owen Reese. Owen, I do have a question that I wanted and I think all of America wants answered. And that is what hurts more when your wife did not text you back or the Packers not taking a single offensive lineman in this year's draft class. I thought you were going to set it up with being I'm taking Sean Clifford in the fifth round. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just hope she's happy. You know, that's all I want is I want for her to be happy. So if she's happy, then I'm happy. Okay, that's good. And then thoughts on no offensive lineman in the class. That's the first time that's happened in Gutekunst's tenure, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I guess it wasn't like high, I figured they would take one, but it, like. Our buddy Justice Mosqueda had mentioned, and I when I was talking to him earlier, he's like, "I don't know, man. Like they brought back literally all eleven guys they rostered last year, and between them and guys like Gene Delance and Luke Tenuta and other like, I mean, like there's certainly nobody that would like prevent you from trying to upgrade. But in what was very clearly a um, focus to restock the receiver position and and look out, you know, elsewhere." It's pretty clear they felt good with what they had, or at least felt pretty good with what they had um, at the offensive line spot and and trust their coaches to develop who they've got. Yeah, and that looks like where they're at. It felt like once they didn't take one early and all the guys you would have thought that they would have liked weren't there, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, et cetera. Once they weren't there, it felt like, okay, maybe, they, maybe they'll just pass altogether. They traded out of taking Cody Mock, for example, who was somebody who went in that second round-ish range. So once they didn't do that, that's how it felt. But we don't have those guys tonight. We have their first, uh, they have their fifth round pick, and that's Sean Clifford, the quarterback from Penn State. Uh, Owen, I feel pretty comfortable in saying this is the, well, after the dust settled from Lucas Van Ness not having WR next to his name when they drafted him, this is the least popular Packers draft pick. I think that's pretty clear to say that. Uh, Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated 
said a scout texted him. Uh, he asked, what about Sean Clifford? And it was, I'm paraphrasing. He said on his head of pack podcast, something along the lines of like, he's terrible with three laughing emojis or something like that. Um, most of your consensus grades and stuff had him graded as undraftable, but the Packers valued him and they took him. And as we've talked about before, it only matters what one team thinks. Now, would he have been drafted? If the Packers didn't take him there. We'll never know. Um, but what, what was your take when the pick was made and just how that kind of shook from maybe some other options that the green Bay could have had either earlier or later. Um, I mean, like, I'll be pretty upfront about it. And like, I'd, I would like this to be known. Like, it's just not a, a personal attack on Sean Clifford. Like the kids won a lot of games in the big 10 and a top program and, and all that stuff. Uh, I was uh, pretty shocked. I think that, um, for what it's worth, my position in the college all-star game world, uh, Sean Clifford was a guy that was in contention for our game, um, but was not eventually chosen. I thought the guys that we got drafted from our all-star game were the ones that I expected to get drafted from our all-star game. I, I was fairly, fairly surprised uh, that Sean Clifford was picked much less in the fifth round. Um, however, the eternal optimist that you know and everyone else knows that I am, right, certainly not a, a, a bump on a log or a, an a angry man yelling at the clouds. Um, there are things that Sean Clifford provides, uh, and we'll get to that in a second, but I, I would be remiss if I had any other um, thought other than, like, I can't believe Sean Clifford just went in the fifth round. <laughs> The only reason it was on my radar was because the Packers had him in for a visit. Um, yeah. With that being the case, you knew they were in the market for a quarterback. You knew they were in the market for someone who's, you know, Clifford, Clifford at his ceiling for this team is a long-term backup. Like, I don't think the Packers took him and they're like, we could develop him to be a starter. Like, I don't think they think that. Um, and that's really what guys picked on. Tom Brady was picked number 199, and when the Patriots took him, they did not think, oh, man, we just stole the greatest quarterback to ever play the position. They were like, maybe he can be a backup to Drew Bledsoe one day. Uh, and as the story famously goes, they barely kept him on the roster the first season he was there. But that I digress from that point. Um, you know, The benefits to Clifford, and we can get to those, he's played a lot of college football. He's played at Penn State, and he's played against defenses, you know, Ohio State, um, in previous years has run a, an NFL style defense. Not so much now with going to the big 12 stuff that they have put against Michigan. They have one like that. Mel Tucker has an NFL background. So he's played against Michigan state quite a bit. Um, like you mentioned, he's played in and won a lot of games at, you know, Penn state's what a top 15, top 20 program oh, yeah. in, in college football. So, oh, yeah. I mean, there are some benefits that way. Uh, Jacob Morley, one of my friends uh, that's also on this podcast said he asked around to some guys more connected than, than I am. Um, and he said, they said that Clifford is the smartest quarterback in the draft, uh, which certainly provides some value to a quarterback room. Uh, as far as getting Jordan Love ready, that's something that can provide him um, with getting him ready to be a starter. That's why I remember years ago when the Bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky, and this is the opposite way of kind of what I'm talking about, but they drafted Trubisky and then they signed Mark Sanchez. And everybody's like pointing and laughing and you see a hundred replays of the butt fumble, which I'm sure that joke hasn't been driven into the ground yet, but you got a million of those replays coming through. And everyone's like, why would they sign Mark Sanchez? Like what could he possibly give to this team? 
And not everything, and I know this is weird, but not everything is looked at through the context of this player having to play. And yeah, sure, every player is one heartbeat away, two heartbeats away from having to play. I understand that. But Mark Sanchez was brought onto that Bears team because he had been a starter. He knew what it took to prepare to be a starter. He had played in two AFC championship games. So he knows quite a bit about how to prepare to not only be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but how to do it for some high-level games. I mean, we're talking about a guy who played against the Steelers and the Colts for back-to-back AFC title games at one point. There's value in that. There's value in that for Sean Clifford as well to bring him in. So if you want the optimistic view for that, as long as you know my take on backup quarterbacks and in Packerland, this has gotten kind of controversial in recent years just because whenever Rodgers has been hurt, the backup has usually torpedoed the season. But I kind of look at it the same way that uh, – Tom Moore, the old offensive coordinator for the Colts used to, they asked him about, you know, why doesn't Jim Sorge get more reps? And he says, if, you know, if 18 goes down, we're screwed and we don't practice that. So that's kind of how I feel about backups. My hope for them is most of the time, I don't really care who it is. I just hope they never have to play. Um, you know, in general, what I like to see the Packers add a veteran to that room. Yes. Do I think someone like, would Matt Ryan want to do it? I don't know. Would Nick Foles want to do it? I don't know. But I think that could provide some value. But what the Packers, I think, were trying to do was they didn't want to draft a backup quarterback and say, oh, he played one year of college football, and that was it. So he's coming out now, and and we're going to add him to our room. They wanted a guy with some experience on that. But, oh, and that's kind of my take on his fit for this particular team. What is your thoughts on on Clifford's fit for, for this team, short and long term? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's it, right? Like, I don't think he's ever – seen as a starter um which again is, is always subject to change right job duties um subject to change upon need uh but the i think it's very clear how much um uh lafleur talks about um and values intelligence at the quarterback position i think that's a real thing which is probably very passe and very cliche um but it's i mean like end of the day, like we, we would talk about all the time how this isn't Madden. Like there are other real human beings that have to teach other real human beings what they want and how to play football and what they expect. And so a certain level of intelligence, it does not surprise me that a former, you know, or that, a, that an offensive guy wants his quarterback to be as cerebral and, and smart as possible. Um, and a former quarterback for that matter. No, right. And so I think there probably is some, like, he is more valuable to me than he is to anyone else type of thing. Um, you know, but like the uh, me as in Matt Lafleur uh, pronouns, pal. Um, <laughs> but as far as like the, I mean, overall, right? Like if Jordan Love is anything close to what the Packers think he is, Sean Clifford is never playing. Um, at least isn't isn't being brought in with the expectation of pushing for playing time. It's probably a better way to word it. And then again, if Jordan Love is not as good as the Packers think he is, then again, likely we're we're in a discussion where the Packers are picking someone else that will again be projected to play over Sean Clifford. Um, he's there to provide depth. Currently, they only have Danley Etling behind Jordan Love. Uh, I again, this is not a disrespect um, intended towards Danny Etling, but I can't imagine that the Packers look at that spot and say, "Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any reasonable way that we can." cheaply attempt to upgrade that right and so sean clifford is that pick um will provide depth and competition to the room 
coaching cliche, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's what it is. Like, again, like I had, had they taken someone um, and I'll use the two people from the game that I was at, but I don't necessarily mean them in general. Right. But like, so Dorian Thompson Robinson, right. From UCLA ended up going to the Browns. That was a pick that to me, like, well, okay. Like he provides something different, right. He's an athletic kid. He was a, a million game starter at UCLA. Um, big arm, all the, the cool stuff, right. Like cool name, cornrows all of it right so i was like okay that provides some difference right dorian thompson robinson is a different uh player than what the packers currently have on the roster i think i compared him to manny wilkins who um was a little smaller manny wilkins but a guy that the packers had had in multiple times as their third fourth quarterback camp quarterback right then i'll go with aiden connell who is the stereotypical pocket passer that no longer exists in football right again he would be something different than what the Packers currently have on the roster, right? Danny Etling is actually a, a very deceptively good athlete. Um, and obviously Jordan Love is, is was drafted to be a passer, but is as a, a passable athlete as well, right? O'Connell is not, to to be kind. He is a statue in the pocket, and he's a ripped ball because um, he can throw hard and he can make all the throws. So Sean Clifford, to me, is kind of, truthfully, like, if you told me, like, yeah, our comp for Sean Clifford was Danny Elling. I'd be like, all right. You know what I mean? Like that, that was more surprising to me, I think, is that um, they, they just didn't really alter from the, the, the mold, which may be the intent. Um, but the fact of the matter is it's, he doesn't provide anything hyper different than anything they've already got in that room. Um, so I'll be curious to see what his um, development arc looks and, and see um, how quickly he's really with the kids currently on the roster, how quickly he's currently, um, able to to kind of nail down that backup spot because theoretically they've invested more in him than they've already invested in Danny Etling, right? So like we'll see again. Like it's not out of the realm for a fifth round pick to be a practice squad guy or or whatever, but we'll we'll see how quickly that Sean Clifford, if if he's as good as what the Packers believe he is, and, and if they believe in him to the level, I think that would prompt a fifth round pick. He should be able to take that pretty quick. Yeah, and that's – Gutekunst did mention before the draft talking about getting a third, and he said maybe a fourth uh, guy in camp for, for the quarterback position. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see just how all of those things go together. Um, do they look for – you know, he, he mentioned they're going to let the young guys battle it out. Again, I, I still think that there is value in bringing a veteran to the backup quarterback position. Um, and that is somebody who thinks that there isn't much value in the backup quarterback position in general, but just because no idea what Jordan love is less of an idea what the other two guys are. Like there's a lot going on in, in that room that you just don't know, you know, and having some stability of somebody who, you know, nobody put it this way. Nobody in that room has prepared in an NFL week, a full NFL week to be the starting quarterback, not one player. I think having somebody like that that could, while having the experience of Sean Clifford as your third quarterback, I think that makes the room much smaller or smarter, excuse me. I think that helps, the, like I was talking about earlier, some of the suggestions I gave, Nick Foles, Matt Ryan uh, are two names out there I know of. Carson Wentz is a name I know that's out there. I just, I I can't, I can't picture, I don't, I can't picture that for, for whatever reason um, for the Packers. But, I digress. The other pick that we have tonight, 
for team fit is Lou Nichols. And I will say, Oh, and I think the biggest surprise for me with Nichols is not necessarily that they took him, but that they took a running back and waited until the seventh round to do so considering the state of the contract situation with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, um, Dillon on an expiring contract. Jones is essentially in a extension cut trade type of situation with his contract. I think there's a world that exists where both of them are back. I think there's a world that exists where neither of them are back uh, in 2024. So I'll be interested to see how that all lays out, but just were you surprised that they waited as long as they did uh, considering this is a team who a regime, the same exact regime took a running back in the second round when they had Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the roster in similar contract situations. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Um, to answer your question, I guess not really. I mean, like, I think in what we kind of saw, truthfully, like from the rest of it, and you were mentioned, like, they didn't draft an offensive lineman. Like, while that's been something that, like, the Packers have constantly done, I, I don't necessarily, like, I think they view that as the, like, like best practices, right? Like we should, we should constantly be doing this. I think this draft more than the other ones screamed to me, like we've got some, some other stuff that like, you know, like I, I think the, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of like a, a car analogy, right? Like think of it as something like um, the Packers are always someone that wants like, are like overly uh, cautious on like new tires to the car, right? Like, or like an oil change. And they're like, okay, yeah, well, like, we're always going to super make sure that that the the motors is running well, right? And it's it's on time and it's well-maintained and we've replaced the spark plugs and we do all this stuff, right? Like the motor will not be the problem, right? Like the offensive line will not be our issue. That will not be the reason this car doesn't work. And I think sometimes, while that may be your common thing and your, your utmost priority, I think there are other times where they're like, no, like, I don't care if the motor runs or not. Like we need new tires, right? Like we've got to replace the windshield. There's some other stuff. Like we got to fill it up with gas. Like there's some stuff where like, while that, that 
has shown to be a major priority for them, and, and it's an important one, and, and one I, I don't think is can be overvalued, right? There is an extent where there is a time where they're like, no, like we do legitimately have other needs that we need to take care of, and and to whether it's to further push it down the line or you know whatever. And so you saw, right? Like you saw Lucas Van Ness, you saw two top 100 tight ends, um, you know, you saw a, a top 60 receiver, right? Like and some things like some of those tropes, like oh well, you can't take a tight end early and well, the Packers never draft him high. And what like, this was a very like, yeah, well, sometimes the Packers do draft two tight ends in the top 100. You know, like it's, they had to take care of some other stuff. And so with that being said, and as much as I will push for the right running backs to be worth what they are, and as much as I was smiling to see two running backs go in the top 12 of the NFL draft, I to me, like the, the Packers needs and what they are looking to do you know, like they've they've got enough in the running back room currently. So if they did want to add competition to it, it does not surprise me that it was later. Um, and again, in the opposite of what um, they did in the quarterback room, Lou Nichols is a different kind of body type or a different kind of runner than they've got um, currently in, in the room as far as I'm concerned. So I, I, that made a bit more Packers sense to me than the Clifford pick did, to be honest. Yeah, I I just think it was interesting because of because of what I mentioned. You know, this is a team who in the past, like, you know, the needs at the receiver position, for example, were maybe not as great because Devontae Adams existed when they took A.J. Dillon. Well, Devontae still exists. He didn't go anywhere, but he was on the Packers when that happened. Uh, and I just thought that, you know, where they took some of the guys that they did, and maybe this is, again, just kind of my thoughts on the Sean Clifford pick in general, but you know, there were some backs I thought available in some of those spots that could be in a better position. And it makes me wonder, are they, are they thinking about one of those two backs being around again next year? And then they'll just take one again later next year, or they'll take one early next year. If they can do that, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I was a little surprised, uh, not surprised, I guess, from the standpoint of, like you said, he's a different body type um, and, and able to add something to that room. And you know what, honestly, with him being a seventh round pick, I think it's a fair question of, you know, does he even make the team in his rookie season? You know, they've got Patrick Taylor, who's been here as an undrafted free agent the last couple of years. He's been on and off the roster. Tyler Goodson was a bit of a camp darling last year. I know Andy Herman's a big fan of his. You know, Nichols is in a competition with those three guys, um, or with those two guys, I should say, for that third running back spot. And the Packers only kept two out of camp last year, if memory serves. They just elevated uh, Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson as needed throughout the course of the season. I, I don't know if they'll do that again this year, just cause I'm not sure if they'll be able to, I don't like using the term get away with it, but get away with that. Um, and maybe they do some other things that are a little different. You know, if they really like Bo Melton, for example, and they're just using him and like, like Tyler Irvin was on the roster and they listed him as a running back, but he never really, the only time he really played a traditional running back role was in that one game where, Aaron Jones was coming off an injury and Jamal Williams and AJ Dillon both were on the COVID list. Like that was something that they used Irvin as a running back for, but otherwise they didn't really do that. So maybe the Packers get creative that way. There's post camp cuts. There's a long way to go between now and then, but that's kind of his team fit for me as a guy who he's going to find his way either. I'm pretty sure he's going to be on a team from the standpoint of he's either on the team or on the practice squad. Um, but I can't picture him playing a very significant role. If he's playing a significant role in his first season, something went very poorly at that position. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think too, like the Aaron Jones is their um, their wide zone back, and AJ Dillon is their inside zone back. They're a good vertical guy, and and Lou Nichols is a guy who I'm certainly not trying to compare anyone to AJ Dillon or the physicality with which he runs, right? But Nichols is a bigger back, and we'll get. Um, and, and what we've seen with Patrick Taylor is a pass pro specialist and, um, you know, Nichols is going to be the, um, the inside zone between the tackles guy. He's got, he's done some other stuff, but, um, I kind of joked around that with the pre-show, right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't have the typical like NFL running back body type, right? Like there's, it's, he's not this big rocked up chiseled dude. Um, but so no, I think that's, that's his key. I think they, they, and again, another thing to remember too, um, and for all intents and purposes, a seventh round pick is ensuring that a UDFA will be in your camp, right? Like that's the the priority for agents that you want to make sure that you get into into your facility. You're going to take in the seventh round because again, if they don't make it, very little was lost. Um, so I, I see Nichols as a guy who's a, like I said, from a if their intent is to no not resign AJ Dillon. Nichols style play style is somewhat similar from a, what he's good at. He's not AJ Dillon physically. He doesn't run a four or five at 245 pounds and, and run through people's face, but um, it's an inside zone back that would pair favorably. Think uh, this is going to be probably a bit ambitious, but think like Jamal Williams as a runner inside zone guy between the tackles and that's that's the, the role he's going to fit um, that they haven't really had um, outside of they, they drafted Dexter Williams. It didn't work. Um, that's that's what he's going to do. But I, I agree with you. He's not um, anyone that truly moves the needle really in any sense. Um, and again, as a seventh round pick, if you would have if they would have took someone else in the seventh round and brought in Lou Nichols as a UDFA, I think we're probably about the same ballpark. Yeah, and honestly, like. You know, I know the trend has been if you're not, if you're a drafted player, you make the roster. But, I mean, at that position, there's so many guys that get kind of kicked around the league. Like Dexter Williams was brought into Packers camp last year, for example, and I had thought he was done playing football just as one example. Maybe Green Bay does something like that again. Maybe Goodson or, or Taylor or one of those guys has elite. Like like you said, they're not out much if, if Nichols is not – uh, somebody who makes them on the roster. Like you said, it's a preferred undrafted free agent. I talked about this with Morley yesterday for the show. It's really like, you know, there's a, this probably annoys some people, but the draft, I mean, essentially is four rounds, maybe five rounds long. And then after that, it's just dart throws and you're hoping like uh, Marcos Valdez Scantling, for example, is a fantastic fifth round pick with the way that turned out for the Packers. Even um, someone, even someone like Equinemius St. Brown. Right, like yeah. if that's your seventh. Jeff Janis was another like, example. Like, I was thrilled, using. yeah, you're thrilled with that guy being a seventh round pick, and exactly. what he eventually became for your team. If you can, if you can land like a seventh round pick every two years that like actually sticks and contributes, you're doing really good in round seven. Yeah, Tariq Carpenter from last year could be an example of that. Uh, Jeff Janis was the example I've always used as a seventh round, like sure. special team stud. Who cares if he's good at nothing else? Like, if he's good at that, you're sitting pretty, guys. That's going to do it for this edition of the Packaday Podcast. Check us out at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. This is the final version with myself and Owen Reese. And Owen, I say this, um, and I mean it. I hope it's the last show we ever do together. 
And I say that solely because I hope that means that you are far too busy next year uh, with some actual scouting stuff to where you are unable to do something uh, like this, but, but it's always fun. It's always joy. Where can we find you in the meantime? Um, so currently uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Reese draft. It's R I E S E draft. Um, as of the, the current moment, still uh, with the UW Platteville football program, um, helping with the offensive line and all other things, offense. Um, so we're doing that. And I agree. It's been, it's been a good time. Uh, this is by far the closest I've felt to what will hopefully be um, a, a career or future in scouting of some sort. Um, but it's been, it's been fun along the road. And if it's not the last time, then that's not what's meant to be. But, um, but yeah, it's been cool. Uh, and I'm going to try to wrap this up here before we go at the, the risk. If this is our last show, it would probably be the first one that we were ever under the actual time we were supposed to be. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's been cool. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, like I said, how things turn out is, is I guess, is kind of, I don't have much to do with it, you know, so put myself in a position. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it's been cool. And uh, until you've heard the last of me, you haven't heard the last of me. So there you go. So if you want pro wrestling takes and self deprecating comedy, self- um, food opinions, uh, general other nonsense and, and calamity occasional like hilarious racing if um, if i'm if i'm also i'll be i'll be pretty upfront about this if i'm on the current trajectory that we are like there's gonna be a lot more formula one opinions on the timeline um i'm ripping through drive to survive on netflix currently so we are we're in a good spot there we go i I can't wait for any anything that involves any anything that involves something that gets your brain functioning um we are past the Although you didn't have as many this year, the the RAS memes. Uh, no, I'm there. just it's. Yeah. I can't describe the meme, and anybody who can't see this on video, so none of you don't know what we're at. But <laughs> we promised we'd be under the time limit, so we will be. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you again. <laughs>